welcome to episode 40 of the Daniel Yoris podcast, a solo episode on what you actually need to know about nutrition. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's just me today, so it's just you and I and maybe some bad jokes if I can come up with any. I think I've maybe been lacking on those. I know I know at least one person has been missing them, so maybe I'll try and bring a few back today if I can, uh, if I can make some. But anyways, let's get into it. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we haven't talked about nutrition in, in some time on the podcast here, uh, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, assuming you're not listening to them all in order. Uh, who knows? But anyways, let's talk about a little bit about nutrition. Hopefully I can speak a little bit more clearly than that throughout this episode. So uh, last week at some point, um, I was having a conversation in a group chat with some friends and we were talking about nutrition, blah, blah. And you know, as, as group chats go, you can get uh, quite a few messages if you're not kind of paying attention and like, uh, you know, reading them as they, as they come in. And so at the end of it or the morning after or whatever it was, uh, you know, one other friend said, can you sum up that whole conversation in a quick message? And I said, yeah, here's what you need to know about nutrition. Eat minimally processed foods most of the time eat a relatively balanced diet, don't overeat. And if you can't remember those three things, just don't eat like an asshole and you'll be pretty good. And, you know, he thought it was great. I thought it was kind of, you know, obviously snarky, uh, but I thought it was also pretty good advice. I put out a tweet and made it into a post uh, on Instagram after that. And, you know, again, I think it's pretty good advice. However, I also realized that it's not necessarily helpful as those rules don't lead to any actionable advice. And so the more I thought about it and kind of, you know, spoke to a couple people about it, I realized, oh, this is this is deserving of a little bit more explanation, something that is maybe a little bit more helpful rather than just those rules. While I think those rules are good for someone who may not know where to look or where to begin or what those things actually mean. What is a processed or minimally processed food? What does it mean to eat like an asshole? It may sound obvious to me and may sound obvious to you, but maybe not to somebody else. So I figured let's make this a podcast because again, that's the entire point of the podcast is to be able to expand upon ideas and have some nuanced conversations about things to deliver more information in a more detailed way. So to avoid excess rambling, uh, let's just get into it. So we're going to go through those three ideas that I just mentioned off the top, and I'll kind of expand upon them, give some more insights into it, and some actionable advice that will help. So the first thing, eat minimally processed foods most of the time. Now, just to define it, minimally processed, all food is processed to some degree. As I recall, uh, J. Mart, John Martirosian uh, defined for us in, in episode 20 of the podcast, and we're going to reference that a couple times uh, throughout this one. So that was a really good podcast, by the way, so definitely go listen to that one as well. Um, but anyways, minimally processed foods are foods that are not totally processed and packaged and filled with chemicals and, and unnatural additives and preservatives and all of these things, right? Think about food that is real food, things that grow in the ground and came from the earth. That is what minimally processed foods are. You know, a piece of chicken, just an actual raw piece of chicken breast is a real food. Whereas, you know, some chicken fingers in a box that are frozen and added stuff to them would be considered highly processed as, a, as an easy example. So, First of all, why do we do this? Why does this matter? It's hard to prove this scientifically that all the chemicals and all the other stuff are necessarily bad for us because science is hard. But like I've also said here many times is we don't always need scientific studies and 
quote unquote conclusive evidence to make decisions. You don't need that. You can just do a self experiment. How do you feel when you eat real foods, vegetables and meats and fruits and rice and things that grew in the ground versus how do you feel when you eat processed foods, frozen meals, junk food, all that stuff? You know what? Nine, nine million times, whatever, 99.999% of the time, you're going to feel much better when you eat real food. And so, stick to that, right? Why would we want to make ourselves feel worse than we have to? There's obviously a lot of other impacts on that. The nutrient density of, again, real foods is much higher and the caloric density, the energy value of the processed foods is a lot higher, which leads us to overeating without realizing it. And we're going to get into that a little bit later as well. So use that feeling as something that is valuable and that matters. You don't need, again, science to do everything. They, uh, If you just feel better, that is uh, completely valid and something that is worth sticking to and worth valuing. So we know that this is true, that it, we should be eating minimally processed foods. Now, how do you actually do this? Well, when you go grocery shopping, when you buy foods, don't buy the shit foods. Shocker. A good actual strategy for this is to think about think about an actual grocery store, and when you do your shopping, stick to the outside of the grocery store. Most grocery stores are laid out in a similar fashion, uh, and that's probably for like marketing and sales purposes, where the you know the milk and eggs are at the back corner of the store, so you've got to walk through everything else to get there, all that kind of stuff. But if you think about the aisles of the grocery store, that's where all of the you know the cookies and the junk food and the packaged foods and all of that kind of stuff is along the edges is where you've got your fruits and vegetables your meat your poultry your dairy your your eggs and all that kind of good stuff so that's the foods that we want to stick to so we stick to the outside of the grocery store now if you have to ask yourself is this real food or not the chances are it's probably not right you you know the things that are real foods that are fruits and vegetables and, and meats again uh, so don't overthink any of this, right? The The whole point of this podcast is that here are the things that you need to know. We can get into the weeds about anything on nutrition. I, I've referenced this several times since since he said it, but in episode 10 of the podcast with Coach Matt Busan, he said, nutrition science is really difficult. Eating healthy is really simple. And that couldn't have been more true. So this is just the bare bones basics. We're not going to get into the weeds on anything here. And I probably should have mentioned this right off the top, but I didn't. And that's okay. So we're just getting the basics here. If we do these things, we're going to be okay. And if we're not doing these things that we're going to talk about in this whole episode, all of those other details don't really matter because you're not even doing the most basic stuff. So I've made this reference. It's like, why are we going to argue about kale versus broccoli as an example when we're eating potato chips every day? Just not moving the needle that much. So where was I now? So yeah, so not to be too kind of you know, woo-woo about these things, but nature packages food for us pretty well already. We can, you know, we, we modern science and innovation will help us, you know, solve food hunger problems around the world, potentially when, you know, we can package calorie-dense foods to places where they don't have real food. But if you're listening to this, like, that's not a concern of yours. So, you know, stick to the real nature foods. We don't need these, we don't need these innovations, so to speak. Now, one thing that may uh, get in the weeds of this is a little bit is on organics. In a perfect world, yes, everything you're eating is you know organic, locally grown, all that kind of stuff. But 
that's certainly a much bigger step to achieve, you know, logistically, depending on where you live, do you have access, is it close, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you can do that, I mean, by all means, please go for it. But like anything else, don't get hung up on this. Even in the grocery store, just because something is labeled organic doesn't mean it's necessarily organic and all that stuff because food labeling is a huge business with just as much, if not more, corruption than anything else. So, you know, for the purposes of this episode, again, don't get caught in the organic versus non-organic debate. It's several steps ahead, you know, just to make sure we're choosing carrots over Cheetos. That's <laughs> that's that's where we're at right now. So the foods are more nutrient dense and less filling, which means that you know, per amount of food, they will fill you up more, which is a good thing. We want to feel full. We don't want to feel hungry. And they're also going to be packed with more nutrients, more minerals, more vitamins, more quality macronutrients, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, all that stuff, uh, which is good. And that's what we want, right? We want efficiency. We don't want to have to eat tons of food to get a small amount of nutrients. We'd rather eat less food to get the more nutrients that we can get. Now, another side of this and another a big aspect of all of this is that the quote unquote not real foods, the processed foods are generally much easier to prepare. And that is a very big reason as to why many of us stick to eating these foods instead of just buying, you know, raw fruits and vegetables and, and meat and all that stuff. Again, learning to cook is quite an essential life skill, I would say. You know, we need to eat for the rest of our life. So you should know how to find and prepare food. Um, but I'm not here to preach to you that. Um, again, I would highly, highly recommend that you that you do know how to do that. And, you know, you have to get comfortable knowing that maybe not all your meals are going to taste like a five-star restaurant. You don't need to have some fantastic meal every time. At, that, at the same time, you know, you're eating healthy and eating real foods doesn't have to taste bad. You can, you can make very uh, tasty meals that are healthy as well. But you know, like anything, cooking is a skill, preparing food is a skill and all that kind of stuff. Now, with the, with the comforts of, you know, this modern life that we live, you can buy pre-prepared foods at most grocery stores that make things simple. And most grocery stores will have some type of, you know, pre-cooked rotisserie chicken or even frozen vegetables that you literally just have to boil water. Sure. Would you rather have like the raw vegetable that's proper or whatever? Yes. But if, if cooking and cutting up and is that's the biggest thing, then at least buy just like the plain frozen vegetables without anything else in it. Uh, you know, same thing. You could cut up, cut up fruit, you get minute rice. Are they, are these solutions better? I would say no, but if, if the time or something like that is your biggest obstacle, then spend the few minutes in the grocery store to at least find these options rather than just buying the, you know, the hungry man frozen TV dinners type of thing. So there's always options. And, and yes, these options that I just mentioned, the pre-cooked stuff, it's going to be more expensive, but you know, you pay for that. You pay for that time of not having to cook and not having to pay for and not having to uh, spend the time cooking and whatever. So my advice, if you're going to say, oh, well, it's too expensive, then learn how to cook and spend the time to do so. And then the other argument, of course, is, well, I don't I just don't have time to cook and prepare meals and, you know, all of these things. Well, the the, the, the not having time argument is always a, a tricky one because everyone's life situation is different. I would argue that if you really think about it, you probably do have a little bit more time than you think. It just might take some more preparation. You may not be able to cook every day, but there may be a day where you've got two or three hours to cook a whole bunch of food. And yeah, you're going to have leftovers for the next couple of days. Is it perfect? Is it going to be as delicious as fresh cooked food every single day? No. But is it going to be 
better for you than, you know, going to Harvey's or going to a fast food restaurant or something every day for lunch? Absolutely. So, you know, you, you've got to make that decision. And I would, again, highly suggest that you spend the time to prepare and think about it. And this can even be extrapolated to if you must go out to eat at a restaurant for lunch or something like that. Think about your day, spend five minutes thinking about what you're going to eat tomorrow. That way, and for example, it can be, you know, I know I'm going to be in this area around lunchtime and I'll have to get lunch there. What restaurants are in that area? What's fast? What's within my budget? You know, all those kind of things. And then pick something and know what the menu is so that you're, when you get to lunch the next day, you're just going to go and get that healthier option. You know, you're going to go and get the chicken salad, for example, instead of just, you know, being hungry, you haven't thought about it and you just default to the burger or the pizza or whatever it is. So, you know, a little bit of preparation goes a long way. And same thing, you got some extra time. Maybe not, it's not mealtime, wash and cut up vegetables, uh, prepare and season meat, you know, things like that, clean things, get them ready so that when you, when it comes down to the actual cooking, that cooking process is a lot faster. And, and I don't want to spend you know too much more time on this, but you know the cooking of things is quite important. So, and it can be the biggest obstacle to people actually deciding to eat real food. So you know we have uh, you have Google, you have the internet. Your recipes don't have to be fancy. It's quite simple to cook healthy, uh, not easy necessarily, and your food may not be as good as you know the sauce and salt and everything laden frozen things if, if you like that kind of thing but um, it's going to do you a lot better in the long run and as you get better at the skill of cooking your food will improve in taste and so you'll be more likely to stick with it so that's that but you know to sum all this up you know minimally processed foods stick to real foods outside edge of the grocery store but also you know don't be a psycho about this still enjoy your junk food and whatever just not that often and that's it. Eat minimally processed foods most of the time was what I said off the top. Not all the time. Never have a junk food again. That's obviously, I mean, if you want to do that, you know, do whatever you want, but I don't want to do that. And so, you know, we've got to be reasonable about this, but we just can't be sitting here, uh, you know, eating pizza every single day. That's just not going to cut it. So item number two, eat a balanced diet. Now we've all heard this before. Eat a balanced diet, you know, have the food groups and all that stuff. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Here's a good way to think about it. Does your plate have more than one food on it? Hopefully. Does it have more than one food group on it? Maybe. For example, a meal of potatoes and rice and a little bit of bread. I guess that's three foods. All starchy carbs, basically no fat and no protein in that meal. So we need to like, you know, look at the plate and think about what's actually on this plate and is there some balance here again we're 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 scraping the surface here so i'm not going to ask you to measure anything you don't need to be or i'm not going to tell you that you know your food your plate should be 30% of this and 40% of that no that's a whole other level of things let's just make sure that there's a little bit of everything in there the easiest example is going to be this is there some type of animal protein eggs chicken fish meat you know whatever some type of vegetable, broccoli, peas, peppers, onions, cauliflower, asparagus, you know, whatever, something green. And there's some type of starch or carb source, rice, potatoes, root vegetables, legumes, that kind of stuff. You stick with those three things. Those generally coincide with our kind of macronutrient groups. If you've got those three things, then you're doing pretty good. Again, don't worry about the split. I don't care if it's 30%, 40%, 52%, it doesn't matter. 
Just have a little bit of those things on your plate and you're off to a great start. Now, why do we need a little bit of everything? Why can't we just have one thing on the plate? Because they all have stuff that we need in varying quantities and qualities. You can say that one might be you know, more important than another, and that can be disputed, as I'll get into in a second. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm going to repeat this a little bit later, the fact of the matter is we don't have to live in we don't live in a world where we only have one. You can say that meat is better or vegetables are better or whatever. You don't have to have just one. So it's a kind of a silly argument. Just include all of it because it's all got good stuff. Just because you can survive on one thing, it doesn't mean that that is optimal, right? Carbohydrates, I mentioned macronutrients, so just off the top if anyone's curious what that is, macronutrients are the three um, energy groups essentially that we that we eat. Uh, they are protein, carbohydrates, and fat sources, and we need a balance of all of those. So carbohydrates are the preferred energy source of the brain, but they're also the only macronutrient that isn't essential to consume. You can live, you can live on no carbohydrates at all. You don't need to get protein from animal products necessarily, but you do need amino acids in the right proportions, which are found only in animal products. So could you get everything from vegetables and all this stuff? Yep. Would it be a lot harder? Yep. Again, you don't need to get your vitamins through vegetables because there's vitamins and stuff and other foods, but it's all in one place with a lot of fiber, keeps us full, does a great job. Again, nature packages things pretty well for us, so we don't got to fight it that much. The point is, again, you can make the argument that any of these food groups are more or less important than the other. However, we don't live in a world where we have to choose one over the other, and being able to survive is being is very different than being able to thrive. So forget these arguments of which is better and what the split is and all that stuff, and you know, let's just include a little bit of each and be done with it, right? If we're constantly eating meals that have no vegetables, that's a problem. If we're constantly eating meals that have no protein in it, that's a problem. If we're always eating meals that have no carbohydrates ever, I mean, less of a problem, but still a problem, right? It's going to cause some things down down the road that are problematic. So not every single meal has to be perfectly balanced. You don't have to have all three things in every single meal, but you know, think about the course of the day. If you've gone a whole day or two days without vegetables, without protein, whatever, you know, you, you probably got to change that. So think about your meals. Think about the foods that you're consuming. Are you eating balanced? If yes, great. Please continue. If no, well, then let's change that and let's add a little bit of balance into what we're eating. Now, a, a note on, on the balance with these exclusionary diets. And again, don't want to spend too much time on this because this can be a, a whole several hours podcast in and of itself. But the three, you know, exclusionary diets that we'll talk about. We've got vegan, we've got the carnivore diet, and then we've got the keto diet. So, you know, vegan would be not eating any animal products or excluding all of the animal products from your diet. Carnivore would be excluding all vegetables from your diet. And keto would be excluding all carbohydrates from your diet. Now, if you don't have allergies or real food intolerances or some type of autoimmune disorder that these things are bad for you, then none of these diets are for you. Maybe the exception of veganism for the, you know, the morality of not eating animals and whatever, if that's your thing. But again, you know, completely, completely other discussion. None of these diets are, are better or worse at producing weight loss, 
which also shouldn't be the main goal of the diet anyways, because, you know, weight loss comes from the amount of food you eat, not strictly the types of food you eat. Now, the types of food you eat can certainly impact psychologically the amount of food that we're going to eat, and we're going to get into that in a second. But these these diets and excluding things are not, uh, they're not better for anything else. You can make arguments again that, you know, vegetables are healthier than meat overall, or meat is healthier than vegetables, that you can argue this on both sides. You can produce science and literature to support both sides of the argument. But the fact of the matter is we don't live in a world where we have to be without, and most likely the optimal way to do it is to have some of both. So overall, summing this portion up, eat a balanced diet. Again, don't overthink this. Does your plate have a little bit of everything? Does your daily food intake have a little bit of everything? If yes, great. If no, Let's change that. Now, the third thing here is don't overeat. Now, I just mentioned at the end about the weight loss coming from the amount of food you eat. We all know that we shouldn't overeat, and there will be a whole bunch of you listening to this who will say, you know, that's easier said than done. It's, it's, it's really hard not to overeat. And I think that, let me, let me back this up for one second. It's easier said than done to not overeat. But I think that this portion is is equally, if not more important. I'd actually say that it's more important. I'm thinking on the on my feet here. I think it's actually more important than the other two because a lot of stuff can be mitigated simply by not carrying too much body fat, and that's what happens when we overeat. I'm not saying that the other things are less important or are, are not important. I'm saying that if anything, if you're at least at a healthier weight. It doesn't mean you're healthier. Skinny people are not necessarily, or, or you know, leaner people are not necessarily healthier than bigger people. But you know, there's one less obstacle to overcome, and that is the the obesity, the excess body fat conundrum that presents with overeating. So, not to get too uh, much into that, but but this is quite an important one. Now, you're thinking this, Dy. I don't really eat that much. I don't think I overeat. Okay. I have a test. Do you think you're fat? If yes, you overeat. No other way to go about it. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but this is the truth. You didn't gain weight. You didn't gain body fat and, and get fat by anyone's measures, your own or, or some doctor's or anyone else's measures. It didn't happen by accident. You may not have consciously done it. I highly doubt that you consciously did it on purpose, but the fact of the matter is that you overate, and that's why we have excess body fat. There's no other way to go about this. We cannot dispute the the scientific fact of this. You know, I don't uh, I don't like to to fluff things up too much. So, so you know, I hope that I hope that makes you think, though. You know, if if you're fat, you overeat. That's it. That's that's how it is. So now that we've established that. How do we combat this? How do we stop this? The very first thing. Going back to this test that I just mentioned, the very first thing we need to be aware of is how much we actually eat. And I think, you know, in a larger scale conversation, this is the very first step to improving everything. We need to be aware of what we're doing. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't really overeat yet, you have a lot of excess body fat, it's like, well, then there, there's a disconnect there between what we think we're doing and what we're actually doing. And that's, you know, we need to, we need to close that gap before we can actually work to solve the problem. So here's my advice to you. And I do this with nearly every single client, whether 
you know, weight loss is the focus or not, including muscle building. It's almost even more important with muscle building. People say, oh, I, I can't gain weight. I eat so much. Okay, well, if you can't gain weight and you supposedly eat so much, then you don't eat so much because otherwise you'd be gaining weight. But anyways, for one week, write down everything you eat. Don't try and be healthy or don't try and change anything. Just eat as you were and write it down. Every bite, every little snack, it all counts. You had three licks of a lollipop, write it down. You had two sips of a, of a Coke, write it down. Like whatever it is, write it down. No judgment, just write it down. Now, and you know, roughly measure things. And I don't mean take out a scale or a measuring cup or anything like that. But you know, even just write down, I had one bowl of blank, one plate of this, one fork full of this. Those are not accurate measurements, but it doesn't matter for the, for the purpose of what, what is happening here is that we're just trying to get aware of what we're actually eating. The counting of the calories and, and you know, that, all that kind of stuff that will come later. So a lot of the, a lot of the times when we do this, you know, we look at this food log that we've created and it's quite obvious what the mistakes are. A lot of the times we'll just notice that we're not eating real foods. I snack too much. I have too many chips. I have too many cookies. I have 19 cookies over the week. I thought I only had, you know, one or two. Okay. That's a good thing that we did this. Now that we, now we know that we can, we can stop that. I look at my meals and, you know, 70% of my meals are junk food or, or fast food or, you know, takeout style, you know, not healthy stuff. Okay. Refer back to point one, right? Minimally processed foods. We need to change that. But without being aware of like, without being really aware of what we're doing, it's really hard to change that. So the next thing, let's say that, you know, you don't snack a lot. You, you eat pretty healthy, quote unquote, um, where you're now you're not eating junk food and all this stuff. You don't have a snacking issue. Now we look at the general amounts. You had two bowls of pasta. Would one have been enough? I don't know. You had a little bit of snack. Would a half of that snack you had, you know, 15 crackers? Would seven have been enough? Maybe. Things like this. This is where we start to tinker now. Now, the next thing, again, is be conscious of the total amount that you're eating. If it sounds like too much on paper, try to have less find that you're really hungry, then maybe you overshot it. So go back to that pasta example. Okay, I had two bowls of pasta. Now I'm going to have one bowl of pasta instead. I had one bowl of pasta and I was like starving after. Okay, maybe that's a little bit too little food. So maybe 1.5 bowls, one and a half bowls is the is a sweet spot kind of thing, right? We're just guesstimating. The next stage of this is starting to understand the caloric value of those foods. How many calories is in that bowl of pasta? How many calories is in that seven crackers? How many calories is in that scoop of peanut butter that I thought was a tablespoon or I thought that was a teaspoon, but really it's two tablespoons worth, right? You know, we, we need to understand that when we start to get into the nitty gritty, but if you can understand how much is, if you look at something and logically it's like, ah, that looks like, that looks like a lot of food on paper. And if you can reduce that amount, you're already reducing your total intake. And likely if you actually stick to this, you'll start to lose weight if that's your goal. So the calorie counting and that stuff comes later. Now, again, I mes- mentioned uh, episode 20 of this podcast with John Martyrosen is a very good and in-depth conversation on when and who and if and how to go about counting calories. So I'd highly encourage you to go back and listen to that one. Um, but, the, you know, the, the scope of this episode is what do you really need to know, right? Are you eating too much? It's, it's quite obvious. A lot of us know that we're eating too much, but we don't have, you know, tools. So, here are some 
some tools just to eat a little less, right? It's easy to say, oh, okay, just eat a little bit less, but you know, willpower gets in the way. It's not relying on willpower to just say that we're going to eat a little bit less is not a, a sound strategy because if it was, you know, we wouldn't have got here. So here are the two best strategies that I can offer. At mealtimes, put all the food you're going to eat on your plate before you start eating. Instead of, you know, grab some of this, eat it, then grab some of the other thing, eat it, grab some of that, and then you're, you know, you're on seconds and thirds and you didn't really realize how much you ate, you know, eating one food at a time instead of, you know, you don't want your foods to touch each other on the plate type of thing, you know, get three plates if you must, whatever it is. But put all the food from the pot or from, you know, whatever the serving tray is, put it on your plate. And now before you eat, you look at the plate, you look at the amount of food and like, okay, this looks like enough food. And then eat that and then no more. Right? It's easy to lose track of how much food we're eating when we're going back for seconds and thirds again. Now, how do we know what enough food is? When you look at the amount, think about, am I going to be hungry? Am I going to still be hungry after eating this food? If the answer is no, then that's enough. Eating enough food doesn't mean you have to be stuffed and feel full and like you need to take a nap. No. Just eat enough until you're satisfied so that the hunger is no longer there. Now, this is a skill in and of itself, and and it will take some time to develop, but we need to, you know, again, self-experiment with eating amounts of food that are going to satisfy us, but not completely fill us up. And again, don't be a psycho about this. You know, Christmas dinner, birthdays, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, pig out, do do your thing. But this just, you know, you can't be doing this most of the time. Otherwise, that's how we get to where we are. So the second thing, and this is a huge problem with a lot of people, is to get control of snacking because this is where a lot of sneaky food comes in that we don't even think about or don't even realize that we're doing. A lot of people won't have big meals. Their meals are actually quite small. And so they think, oh, you know, do I really don't eat that much? Okay, but then let's look at the snacks. And you've had six snacks during the day and, you know, that adds up. They don't, they don't not count because you didn't sit down and have them, you know, with a fork and knife and whatever. So make some rules around your snacking. Maybe for you, it's not snacking after a certain time. And it's not because eating late at night causes you to you know, gain fat. That's not a thing. But are you snacking on you know, apples and carrots at 10 p.m. or are you having chips and chocolate? You tell me. So maybe after dinner time, no more eating. That's a simple one for a lot of people because the late night snacking is a big thing. So after you have your dinner no more snacks. Another big tip on this is also portioning out your snacks the same way that we, you know, portion out sort of thing, the the meals, like I just mentioned, instead of eating it out of the box or eating it out of the bag, put it into a bowl and eat that much. And same thing, if you're, if you're taking food to work or if you're always eating all your food, like on the go, bring snacks with you in like a little Ziploc bag or a, you know, a, uh, what's it called, like a Tupperware or, or something like that, instead of just buying food from the vending machine. Because again, you default to these bad choices. There's no healthy foods in the vending machine. You're just eating garbage there. But if you're going to bring, you know, some apples and some nuts or something like that, you know, you can look at it and see how much you're bringing. And then when it's done, it's done. You Because you're not at home, you can't just get more. So portioning out these things is going to help you put, again, that word enough into your body and not overdo it because, you know, you've taken away that ease of access to getting more and getting it out of control. But again, a lot of this comes back to just being aware. And then we create some rules for ourselves that will help control it, impose discipline on yourself, and don't rely on willpower because it's, uh, it's 
pretty weak, right? If willpower was super strong, it would be really easy. All I would have to do is say, hey, don't eat so much. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll just do that. Not that easy, obviously. So we create some rules around that. Now, I, I think that the, the not overeating thing is quite a simple one that most people agree that, hey, yeah, like that's a healthy thing to not overeat. But, you know, really start to understand. I, I highly, highly encourage you to, to do a food log for one week. And, and by all means, feel free to send it to me and like have someone else l- look at it because it can be difficult to understand sometimes, you know, what what is happening. Like I've had people send me food logs who say that they're eating pretty healthy. Oh, look at my food log. You know, it's, it looks pretty good. And and I look at it and there's, you know, several cans of Coke or, or pop or whatever per day. And, and there's craft dinner in there and all this takeout. And it's like, okay, your idea of, of what, what is, you know, enough or is healthy is very different from, from reality. So that, that's not to make a judgment, but that's just like, if you really don't know, then, then ask somebody else and, and I'm happy to be that person for you. So, um, but again, I highly encourage you to, to create this food log to just become aware of what it is you're actually eating. And it can be quite an, an enlightening experience. And generally you'll find stuff that's like pretty obvious, like, oh shit, I didn't realize that I do all of this. I should just stop, you know, these three things. And what do you know? I'll probably feel a lot better, lose some weight, be healthier overall. So again, to say it for the however many time it is awareness is the key once we're aware of what we're doing then we can actually create action steps to combat whatever it is we're doing and you know take away the negative actions and add in some positive actions as well so get that food login feel free to send it to me and and i am i'm quite certain that it will uh, it will help you to some degree at least and now to sum up everything like off the top that i mentioned the last the one rule to cover them all. If you can't remember any of these three things, eating minimally processed foods, eating balanced diet, and not overeating, just remember this, don't eat like an asshole. And what does that mean? I was thinking about this. How can I best describe this to people? And I came up with, in the movie Home Alone, his parents leave, and then he starts eating all the junk food, the ice cream, the sundaes, the, all this stuff. And then he feels terrible after that is eating like an asshole. If your diet is like a child that has no rules, that is eating like an asshole. Now, that may not be, you know, your diet may not be that extreme. But if again, you you look at that food log and you see McDonald's and pop and junk food and alcohol all the time and all this kind of stuff that looks like, you know, a kid would choose this kind of diet, maybe except for the alcohol, but you know, a kid would choose this diet that's eating like an asshole because you're just not treating your body well. So if you have to think about, is this food bad for me or good for me? It's probably bad for you because you wouldn't ask that question about broccoli. You wouldn't ask that question about a piece of chicken. You wouldn't ask that question about a potato, right? That's not that's not the kind of things that we're getting at here. You're going to ask that question about some processed something or other that came in a, in a frozen dinner. Like, hmm, is this thing it says like, you know, meatloaf and mashed potatoes and corn, but it's like frozen in this thing. I'm not sure if it's good for me. Yeah. If you're not sure, it's probably not good for you. So, you know, again, just don't eat like an asshole. Don't eat like an unhinged child. And you're going to, you're going to solve a lot of issues this way. Right. I know that this may be, this may be very surface level, but this is the, the point of what I wanted to get at here. There's, there's so much that we can get into the weeds on nutrition. But again, if you're not doing the simple things well, the other things, they just don't really matter that much because this is just the way it is. We don't make the rules, right? So let's just do this. 
uh, follow these three things, and at least, at least, but don't eat like an asshole, you will be well on your way. And once we've kind of got these habits down, then we can start to talk about, you know, the nitty gritty, the individual food choices, the portions, the the specific splits of the balance, the the actual caloric value of certain foods and timing of certain foods and, and meal timing and all these kind of things. The, these all come into play after. But these are, you know, later stage nutrition games, not I don't know what I'm doing. What should I do? Start tracking my macros. Nah, that's yeah. Too many things before that. So let's get the simple things done first and then we'll be well on our way. I hope that you have, uh, I hope that this was helpful. Uh, I imagine it will be helpful just to, to expand upon these things and think about these things because again, nutrition and eating healthy is very simple. It doesn't have to be that difficult. And that's why, this is why I almost don't really like talking about nutrition that much because sometimes like, you know, as a, as a coach, it Okay, I think I cut out my mic there for a second by accident. But anyways, sometimes as a coach, it can be very discouraging to speak about nutrition because the things that are going to help people are so simple, yet you know, we always want the most difficult and the most complex solutions to things. And it's just, that's just not it. So, so I almost don't like talking about it to, to, to a degree and publicly because it just raises so many more questions. And it's like, look, Let's just do these simple things well, and and that's really going to move the needle. And then when we're doing these things well, then we can start to talk about the other details of things because it just it just doesn't matter. So so if you're not doing these things well, I mean, please start. It's going to help you a, a lot, and then we can have you know more exciting conversations about nutrition and more detailed and all that stuff. And the same with exercises, right? You know, don't don't talk to me about a you know, a clean and jerk Olympic lifts if we can't even do a, a nice bodyweight squat. It just, it just doesn't matter. We're like 19 steps away from that. So that's that. That's my little ranty rant uh, for, for now. But um, thank you for listening to this. I, I hope you got some value out of, out of it. Um, and, you know, definitely re-listen to it. Ask me more questions. Get that food log in. I'm very serious about it. I, I'd love for you to send it to me and, and have me, you know, look it over and help you out with it. Uh, send this episode to a friend if you know that you have a friend who's struggling with nutrition and eating healthy and kind of getting things under control. That's that's the most that's the thing that means the most to me is when you share what I do and that helps you know this whole thing grow and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the only other kind of hard request I'll make today is is to please please take a few minutes just to leave a review for this podcast on iTunes if you're listening on on Apple. It the, the podcast has a decent amount of reviews, uh, but it helps grow this thing a long way and for new people finding it and, and, and all that stuff and leave an honest review. If you hate me, if you hate my voice and you hate my bad jokes, then you know, by all means, uh, leave it. But, but it, it does help a long way. If you've, if you've got any value out of this episode or any of the other episodes, you like anything that I share, uh, please do that. It, it will mean a hell of a lot to me and, you know, let me know that you did it as well. So I can personally thank you because it's not like I get notifications or, or anything for that. But anyways, enough of that. Uh, also give me a follow on Instagram at Daniel Yoris, super active there and interact with me there. Feel free to send me your, your food log. I'm very serious about that. I said it five times now. So let's do that. I appreciate you. Uh, I love you. Go eat healthy, make good choices, be a good person, take your shoes off, get some sunshine. Don't shadow box with dumbbells (laughs) and don't eat like an asshole. Take it easy.